0: And we will do our best to answer any questions you may have. Welcome to another episode of We Talk Health. My name is Will Kashagrow, and today we are going to be talking about genetic testing through Kirkland Cancer Center. Joining me is Dr. Archie Wright and Charlene Morgan. Both of them work at Kirkland Cancer Center and take care of cancer patients daily. How are you all today?
1: Good. How are you? Good. Good.
0: Thank you. All right. So, like I said, we're going to be talking about genetic testing, and that it's kind of a short word to encompass a lot of things. So, I guess my main question is what exactly is genetic testing?
2: So, I think if you just go back to the word genetics, you know, that's a field of science that looks at how your traits are passed from parents to their children. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be anything from eye color to hair color to body size, uh, et cetera. And genetics refers to genes, which genes are basically pieces of DNA that code for these traits. DNA is sometimes called the blueprint of the body mm-hmm. because uh, depending on what your, you know, genetic makeup is, is 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 how you look and how you can inherit some of these things that we're going to uh, kind of talk about. Sure. So in regards to medicine, if you have changes in your genes or genetic code, that can be referred to as mutations or variants. And those are the the things that can be associated with, you know, negative outcomes, especially in regards to cancers.
0: Okay. So what cancers are hereditary?
2: Well, there are a lot of them. Of course, you know, the most famous ones are the breast uh, and ovarian cancers. Probably, you know, the most uh, famous example of that would be Angelina Jolie, Mm -hmm. who had the BRCA mutation, which led to her having prophylactic surgeries in that case but there's breast cancer mutations Mm -hmm. uh, ovarian cancer there are other ones with colon and some of the gynecologic cancers that are grouped together and then some of the less common ones like thyroid uh, uh, prostate pancreatic melanoma sarcomas kidney cancer and then some stomach cancers
0: so how do you know if you qualify for genetic testing
1: based on your family history, Mm -hmm. of course, and qualifications is, are you asking about insurance or? Yeah, we'll we'll say insurance, (laughs) sure. The majority of insurances pay for genetic testing Mm -hmm. if you have a hereditary component that would lead your doctor to believe that you need the testing done. The three main companies that the providers around here use Mm -hmm. will call you if there's any money out of pocket. Okay, So that way that the testing is paid for without you being hundreds of dollars out of pocket and they want to make sure that that is something that you are agreeable to before they run the test.
2: Yeah, and just to, you know, go back to what she was commenting on, you know, what patients should even think about or be considered for genetic testing, because that's mm-hmm. how it's all, all gets started. That's right? what I
0: was gonna ask, because um, how, do you, how well, do you know?
2: I think it starts with people who are concerned with, because of a certain family history, mm-hmm. or, or again, maybe they have had a doctor or another healthcare provider has mentioned it to them. But things to think about would be within the family, cancers that occur at an unusually young age, okay, okay. so that would be one factor. If you have a patient or family member that has, uh, several types of cancer in that same individual, you know, that's usually a red flag, mm-hmm. a possible uh, genetic mutation. Cancers that occur maybe in paired organs, meaning like if if a lady has diagnosed with breast cancer and then the very next year diagnosed with breast cancer on the other side, mm-hmm. that would be a red flag. Okay, uh, we have patients that get diagnosed with like bilateral breast cancer all in the same you know, imaging session, mm-hmm. all, all at once. You know, if you have several first degree relatives. With the same type of cancer or same type of cancer syndrome like breast ovarian or colon endometrial uh, again that would be a red flag and then even just you know unusual cases like male breast cancer. You know, I've got several male breast cancer patients in my practice, and a few of those have been genetically tested and found to have a mutation. Wow. So I think I would start with, you know, those sort of things.
0: Okay. What if I have a hereditary mutation? What are the steps that I'll be taking to go through the testing?
2: You know, so that means you've been tested. So hopefully, you know, the patient at that point would have had some form of counseling as to you know why they're being tested and what's being looked for Mm -hmm. and again that can come from general health care providers oncologists if if they're involved the best person though you know that should be involved with that is a genetics counselor okay and the difficulty there is they're just not very available uh you know we did have one in jackson for a while uh, but she moved on to a different position there was one in memphis maybe one in nashville uh, but they're very hard to come by so Mm -hmm. what has happened as of late is if a genetic counselor is needed to kind of help step people through the process. A lot of times it's done through telehealth now, or uh, sometimes you can contact your insurance carrier and if they've got a genetic counselor that's listed in their network, so to speak, uh, then sometimes you can be put in touch with them to, to go through those steps. But in a best case scenario, a genetics counselor be involved. In our situation at Kirkland Cancer Center, most of the, the docs, the oncologists, uh, mm-hmm. end up kind of stepping into that role a little bit, along with navigators that, that help get the testing done and navigate through the, you know, the payer part of it. Sure. And then when the results come back, we, we usually end up, trying to counsel them the best we can.
0: Yeah. So if it's found out that I do have a hereditary mutation, does that mean I'm going to have more frequent screenings or surgery or additional scans?
2: Not always. You know, it depends on the, the mutation. Not to get into too many specifics, but if you're a male with a hereditary breast cancer gene, for mm-hmm. instance, I mean, it's really recommended that starting at age 40, you just start doing self-exams, which is e- easy to do in a sure. male. Some men have more breast tissue than others. And, and if you do have a fair amount or have or gynecomastia, which is enlarged breast for, mm-hmm. for men, then mammograms are available to do that. And certainly if in our male breast cancer patients, we do do routine breast imaging mammogram ultrasound, uh, et cetera. But as far as someone who does not have cancer, then most of the time there's not a lot of extra screening. It is recommended if you, of course, have a gene that's associated with prostate cancer to do you know, standard prostate screening mm-hmm. uh, with exams and PSAs. Uh, and then, of course, if it's a, if it's a colorectal gene that's involved, then in colonoscopy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's recommended for the general public anyway, screening sure. colonoscopies. But if you're, you know, 35 years old and you have that gene mutation, then obviously you're going to get a colonoscopy earlier as a screening tool right. versus waiting to age 50. So things like that. But it is indiv- individualized depending on the gene and the cancer type.
0: Okay, I'm only 28. I don't have any children yet. But say something happens, and I were to get, say, breast cancer. What age should I have my children tested to make sure they don't have that gene mutation as well?
2: Yeah. So if you're diagnosed at an early age with with something like male breast cancer, then of course you would easily qualify for testing, and that should be automatic. It should be done. Mm-hmm. And if you were found to have what we call a deleterious or potentially harmful gene mutation, then usually you would start screening uh, children of the affected patient at 18.
0: 18, okay. Yeah,
2: because most of those breast cancer, for instance, if you had a daughter that was found to have uh, one of the gene mutations, mm-hmm. then usually the more aggressive screening starts at age 25, you know. So as long as you do it by their 18, and then there's the awareness, there's the whole self-exam component, and then formal testing would normally start around 25.
0: Okay. What all is it involved for testing? Is it like a blood test? Is it a mammogram? We'll it. Is it
1: our testing can be done usually two of the main ways we do it is a, a saliva test, okay, where you just spit in a tube, mm-hmm. or at the Kirkland Cancer Center we use blood test because the majority of our patients are having labs drawn anyway, so we just pull it when they're getting their labs drawn. It's not an extra stick gotcha. unless, of course, there were no labs drawn that day. Mm-hmm. People that feel that they need to be tested. There's different sites that they can go to and they will send you a kit directly to your home. Mm -hmm. Of course, you have to fill out the criteria to see if you even meet testing. And if you do, they can send one in your insurance and stuff and see, you know, if they are interested in doing that versus using like a 23andMe or something like that. Gotcha, okay. Uh Uh-huh, because that's not really a good test to use, is it,
2: Dr. Wright? Well, yeah, I think that, that... there's things that get missed. Some of the uh, harmful gene mutations don't get reported or included mm-hmm. in those tests. And then they do end up with a lot of variants. And, and, and that's something that comes up a lot when you're uh, talking about genetic testing. You'll see words like, variants of undetermined significance Mm -hmm. or VUSs. If a patient has a report, not uncommonly we'll we'll have that. And basically what that is, is is when you do these uh, genetic testing, it's not uncommon for the patient to have a mutation. Mm -hmm. But just because you have a mutation does not mean that it is a mutation that's linked to a certain cancer. So what it means is that yes, there's a, a you know, a defect there in the normal genetic code, mm-hmm. but so far, at least based on the literature we have to date, it's not associated with you developing a cancer. So what happens with those is they're logged into a database, mm-hmm. they're kept for years, and then five years, 10 years down the road, if enough patients that have that variant get diagnosed with cancer, well then they may reclassify that gene mutation to a to a harmful or deleterious gene mutation. So it's important to keep up with, but sure. it, but. You know, when people get a report that has a variant, it can cause some anxiety and confusion mm-hmm. and things like that. And so, you know, someone needs to be there, whether it's a genetic counselor or, or one of us to be able to kind of kind of help explain through that. Because most of the time, those variants are just what they are. They're just a variant and have no harmful consequence to it.
0: So how will I know if I need to be tested? Is that something that my PCP will tell me uh, after I visit, go back to breast cancer, say I find a lump or my Wife finds a lump. Well, of course,
2: you would work that up and make sure you didn't have cancer. And if you did, you know, you you would head down, you know, that road. Mm -hmm. I I think it goes back to the things we mentioned before. Is an easy way to think about it is is strong family history. I mean, that that should be probably the thing that would trigger you. Or in a case like you, a young patient Mm -hmm. um, that develops cancer, uh, that's all again always a red flag. So some of the things we mentioned earlier in the podcast that would be signs that that you should be thinking, you know, this is not a normal you know sporadic case of cancer if you look at cancers that are associated with genetic mutations it's only five to ten percent of all cancers diagnosed that's it okay so 90 percent of the cancers out there have nothing to do with your genetics okay those are just considered sporadic cases Mm -hmm. now could you have an acquired mutation we're not talking this is different than hereditary could you have a mutation that you were not born with that you acquired in life that led to a a diagnosis of cancer? Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, what are things that do that? Well, it would be things that kind of harm the body. Smoking, mm-hmm. ultraviolet radiation, meaning you know, too much sun, insecticides, pesticides. There's all kinds of environmental things out there that, that you know, have either strong or weaker links, you know, to, to cancers. And the reason those things lead to cancer or or are considered risk factors for cancer is because they cause DNA damage, you mm-hmm. know. So if you get damage to your DNA then that's what leads to the mutation which can lead to the c- increased uh, cancer risk. Gotcha.
1: But as far as hereditary cancer screening the ones that send up red flags are family histories of somebody that's been diagnosed with breast cancer under age 50, Okay. bilateral breast cancers at any age, triple negative breast cancer at 60 or younger, male breast cancer at any age, ovarian pancreatic or metastatic prostate cancer at any age. When they go through your family history, as far as what qualifies you or mm-hmm. sends up flags for genetic testing, mm-hmm. they can go through grandparents, of course your parents, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, nieces and nephews, and first cousins. Okay, Those all qualify as being first and second degree relatives and that's usually what they go by. And if you have a strong family history, especially on one side of the family Mm -hmm. of, per se, breast cancers, then that's usually a really good flag that says you need to be looked at. Gotcha. Especially if one of them did have a mutation. Mm
2: -hmm. And it is recommended if you're looking at families to, if possible, to test a patient that's already affected with cancer, you know, versus, you know, you have families that have these multiple members with cancer and somebody gets concerned and they say, hey, I want to get tested. Well, Mm -hmm. that's fine but it's really best to test one of the patients that have been affected with cancer first, and then if those patients or patient, you know, does not have the mutation, then, then it's probably fine. You probably don't need to be tested. Gotcha. So questions that I get sometimes, what is the, are the benefits of genetic testing versus like some of the possible harms, mm-hmm. okay? So benefits are the, some of the things we've touched on. You know, if you get a negative test will let you, know, you peace of mind that at least you don't have, you know, a harmful gene mutation or variant that was inherited, sure. so you, you know, so you know that that's not there. On the other hand, if you have a positive test for genetic mutation, it at least allow, it gives you the opportunity to kind of understand what's going on, get educated on that, and then more importantly, manage your cancer risk that would be, you know, associated with that particular gene. For people that already have cancer and get your genetic testing, which is, you know, most of our patients mm-hmm. uh, that we find, positives on. It can help them make decisions on prophylactic surgeries or screenings for other cancers that they maybe haven't been diagnosed with. So there's a lot of useful information there. Sometimes, and even as doctors, sometimes we gloss over some of the harms that can go along with genetic testing. I mean, in general, if it's medically indicated, we we support it and we Mm -hmm. do recommend it. But some things that people have to think about would be just the psychological stress that goes along with testing positive and knowing that you have a variant. I mean, say you're a young person and had a family history and your family member had a mutation and you got tested and you had it. Well, now you, you know, that can be frightening. And, sure, and, of course. And so, you know, you've got this mutation that increases cancer risk, yet you're not sick. You know, you're not, you do not have cancer. And so that in itself can be a stressful thing because you're going to be kind of worried about that. Or it's going to be in the back of your mind of all the time. And then, you know, as mentioned before, we get a lot of these variants that come back, uh, again, that that at least as it stands right now, don't have any... Uh, consequences or, or strong risk associated with it but it but it does uh, scare people and then you know you'll have some people that have multiple family members that are positive with mutation they get tested, and they're negative, mm-hmm. and, and they actually uh, can have some, some guilt, you know, mm-hmm. associated with family that, you know, well, I don't have the mutation, but all my family members do, and right. they, actually, they actually have kind of a survivor's guilt mm-hmm. associated with that. That can happen. Charlene kind of talked about the cost, which we do have avenues to help get people tested if, if insurance doesn't pay. Mm-hmm. That in itself can be stressful. And, and I think one other thing I, I would like to mention that patients will ask occasionally is who has access these results. I mean, you know, genetic testing is a medical test. Right. Uh, so if you're a patient that has insurance, that means your insurer has access to those genetic testing results, mm-hmm. uh, which again, brings up a whole nother list of potential problems. But if your employer provides your insurance for you, technically they have access to, the, to those results. Okay. So because of all that, because of the The concern there, in 2008, uh, the government created what was called GINA, G-I-N-A, Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act. It's a federal law, and basically it prohibits discrimination based on genetic information, Mm -hmm. which would include this type of genetic testing. So you can't be discriminated against for health insurance reasons or for employment reasons. So it's against the law for that to happen. Right. So that's one thing can make patients feel better, you know, about testing. But I would qualify by saying on the flip side it, it doesn't apply to military members and it does not apply to life insurance disability oh, okay. or long-term health care insurance so as it stands right now if you've got a genetic mutation you can be denied life insurance mm-hmm. you know so that's a big deal and and again the health insurance part you know, we're, we're safe on right now uh, and I guess it just depends on what administration is in power and mm-hmm. you know those health care policy changes change all the time sure. so that that could change in the future but right now you cannot be denied health insurance or employment based on these genetic testing results that's, so that is something that people have
0: that's to, good to know about. for sure Let's say I already have life insurance, uh, and then I'm diagnosed with cancer. Is that something that I'm going to lose my life insurance
1: yeah. over?
2: No. I mean, once you already have insurance, yeah, that can't. It's in place. Yeah, you can't. That's okay. right.
1: Yeah, if you have whole life insurance, mm-hmm. then, you, then you're good. Gotcha. Yeah, basically whatever. Or no, if you have it through employer. you
2: employer. When you apply for that policy, mm-hmm. that's, that's what counts. Gotcha. If you develop mm-hmm. something after that, then then again, they're, they're on they the hook for, you yeah, you're covered. Right. Okay. You know, like she said, unless the policy runs out and you have to apply for new policy, then they, then they can say, no. Nope. Yeah, yeah,
1: they can turn yeah. you down
2: then. Yeah. The three
1: genetic testing things that we use in this area, that the providers use in this area, uh-huh. is Ambry Genetics, Myriad Genetics, and Invitae Genetics. Okay.
2: You know, just for general information, American Cancer Society, you know, has a whole section on genetics. National Cancer Institute, and even sites like the Mayo Clinic, MD Anderson. There's all kinds of sources of information out there.
1: Yeah, because some cancer institutes have their own genetic counseling. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Charlene, if there's a phone number that someone could call if they had questions, what would that number be?
1: They're welcome to call me if they have any questions. I can maybe help lead them in the right direction. Okay. Um, and my number is five four one. One seven four three.
0: And listeners, I will put that phone number in the description of the podcast, along with the links to the American Cancer Society website and the others that were mentioned. Well, this has been really great. Thank you guys so much for coming in today. And thank you for listening to another episode of We Talk Health.